Hello everybody, this is Mike Van Meter, and I am the host of the Recovery is Possible podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And today, I would like to get into the topic of comparing in rather than comparing out. So, what do we mean by comparing in rather than comparing out? So, the term is often used in AA meetings, and that is that when people come to uh, meetings and they make statements like, you know, I, I'm only here to listen. I'm not one of you guys. I'm, I'm just here to listen and kind of educate myself on what this whole thing is all about. And you ask the person, well, what do you mean by that? Why are, why are you here? Do you think that you have a problem with your alcohol use? And they say, um, well, I think I need to get it under control, but I'm not as bad as you folks, or I'm not as bad as those people over there. That's what you call comparing comparing out, meaning I'm not like you. You people are clearly alcoholic, and you don't have any control, but I have some semblance of control, and I can fix it if I want to. Well, let's just kind of unpack that here for a second, because you know you, you will you, if you go to enough meetings, you will you will hear things like this. Um, I often tell people that if you were a normal social drinker, you would not have been at the meeting in the first place. I mean, just think about that for a second. How many of you out there, and I'm sure there's a lot that are listening to this podcast right now, how many of you out there uh, have had people say to you, you know, you need to do something about your drinking. You know, maybe you should go to an AA meeting. Or maybe somebody's bought you a book. Or they've given you a recording. Maybe they've given you this podcast right here and said, you know, I really think that you need to listen to this. And you've said to yourself, ah, no, I really don't need to do that. Well, let me just ask you this question. Does that happen to normal social drinkers? You know, if you're one of those people that uh, truly has one glass of wine during the week or one beer, a couple of beers, you know, how often... Do you have someone come up to you and say, you know, I think you really need to look at your problem and I think that you need to do something about it. Maybe you should go to an AA meeting. Does that happen to you? No, it doesn't. I tell you, by the time you grace the doors of an AA meeting, by the time your feet cross the threshold of the door of an AA meeting, it's gotten pretty bad. And you need to think about that. You need to let that just sink in and say to yourself, I just walked into an AA meeting. Um, I'm not here to explore. I'm not here uh, to, out of curiosity, I'm not doing this for some college experiment. I'm doing this because either my life has gotten so bad or the my family's life has gotten so bad that I needed to go to that meeting. And I've heard it said that if you say you are only there to listen, then maybe you just need to go back out until you are ready. Go back out into the research and development arm of AA and continue to work on your research and development for the project. And if you're lucky, maybe, maybe you'll come back. So when you go to a meeting, and it's not by accident, because we all know that by the time you get to that meeting, 
a lot of people have been coaxing you along the way. Maybe in your own mind. Maybe the seeds had been planted. Maybe there was something that happened in your life that caused you to uh, want to go to, to a meeting. Maybe you've been forced by a court. Maybe you've been forced uh, by someone in your life, an employer, a school, whatever the case may be. It's a problem at that point. I've never seen somebody attend an AA meeting where it was an accident. And then you go in and you say, but I'm not like them. I'm not like that. Look at that person over there. They've been arrested six times. They've had eight DUIs. I've seen that before. You know, I'm not like them. That guy over there, has been he's divorced or he's been divorced multiple times. I'm not like him. I have a job, don't you know? I have two cars. I have kids. I'm a respectable person. I'm not like you folks. Well, what do you mean you're not like those folks? You have more in common with those people than you do with anyone else in society, if you think about it. You have the common problem of the disease of addiction, and that's what you have with those folks. There are no accidents, and you're not there just to listen. Now, you can. You can listen, and I want meetings to be welcoming. They should be welcoming, and and come in and just, and if you want to listen, go ahead and do it, but I'm telling you, if you've gotten to the point where you show up at a meeting, it's not because you're there just to explore. You're there because you need to be there. And the fact that you don't think that you need to be there does not mean that you don't need to be there. It just means that you haven't gotten to the realization that you're in the right place. Remember, addiction is a disease of the brain. And the unique quality of addiction is this, and it's, and it's the only disease where this happens, is it's the disease that tells you that you don't have it. And later, God willing, you get into recovery, it continues to tell you that you don't have it. In fact, it gets a little worse when you get into deep recovery because what happens is your brain starts to tell you, hey, you know what? You haven't had a drink in eight years. You haven't had a drink in 10 years. You know, you can do it. Maybe you weren't alcoholic in the first place. Maybe you've made too much of all of this. Maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Wouldn't one drink or two drinks, wouldn't it matter? And then you you have that drink or two and you don't suffer any consequences and it's not that bad. And you think, hey, look, I, I was right all along. I really am not alcoholic and I can drink and, uh, and there's no problem with this at all. I must not truly be alcoholic. Folks, we hear that all the time. All the time we hear people say that. The problem is it's progressive. It's a progressive disease. It gets worse over a period of time. It never gets any better. And before you know it, the, the person's back to where they were and then even beyond where they were. And um, addiction, because it's progressive over a period of time, it ends up being worse. And the problems that the person had when they came, first came into AA ends up being uh, much worse the second time around. And again, that's if we see them. Oftentimes we don't see people. Uh, sometimes we hear about their death down the road. But when you go to a meeting, you have to remember that it's important to not uh, compare compare out from people because you are just like them. You know, Bill Wilson in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous actually gives us the illustration of a an ocean liner that goes down. And, you know, prior to the the ship going down, you have people sitting in the captain's table, you know, the well-to-do, the, the rich, the famous, 
all the way down to the people that are in steerage. And those are the people that have no money. Maybe they've stowed away. Maybe they're just poor. Who knows? But they, they certainly aren't sitting at the captain's table. But when everybody goes into the water, everybody is at the same status. And everybody is in it together. And addiction is an equal opportunity destroyer. The fact is that only about 3% of all people that are in 12-step programs are what we would term destitute or people that are truly homeless, which is the stereotype of what you hear out there. Fact is, most people in uh, recovery rooms are actually fairly well off, very talented, and very smart people. I, I can tell you from the years that I've been around these meetings that uh, that is absolutely the case. Some of the smartest, talented, funny, uh, well-read people I've ever met are 12-step meetings. It's not what people think. And I can tell you much of the information that I put out to you and, and much of what I'm putting into this podcast uh, is information that I've heard at meetings and some of whom are from people that are living on the streets. But yet they have very intelligent and smart things to say, and we can all learn from those folks. I heard it said once that, you know, you can be too smart for this program. You absolutely can be too smart for this program. And you can overthink the program. Sometimes you just need to sit back and listen and absorb the information that is in the meetings and then look at how it applies to you as opposed to you searching for reasons why it does not apply to you. And that's what we call comparing in as opposed to comparing out. Comparing in rather than comparing out. I'm telling you, if you've ended up at a meeting, I want you to deeply think about this. You weren't headed to the 7-Eleven. You weren't headed to the Walmart and took a wrong turn and accidentally ended up in an AA meeting. If you ended up in an AA meeting, then you need to take a serious look at your drinking, take a serious look at your life, and look at how you can compare in as opposed to compare out. And just maybe, just maybe, if you stick around long enough, you will learn something, and that something that you learn will ultimately save your life. And I will tell you that life only gets better with every day that you are in recovery, and that means that everybody in your world, everybody in your world, your family, your husband, your wife, your significant other, your children, your employer, your friends, everything gets better in your world. So think about that today. I want you to compare in and not compare out when you go to meetings. And just learn, listen, and learn. So today, this is a very short uh, description of uh, comparing in versus comparing out. But I think that it is important for people to understand that when they go to meetings. And be aware of it when you go to meetings. Be aware and ask yourself, am I inappropriately and wrongly comparing out from the people that are in the meetings? Look at what you have in common, not what you have uh, differently. And I think that that's true just for society. That's not just recovery meetings. I think that we all could use a dose of that. So folks with that, uh, have uh, a good day. And I hope that uh, you really cherish every day, particularly if you are in recovery, that every day is a gift. Every day is a blessing for those of you that are, that are struggling and listening to me right now and wondering whether or not you need to make that decision, that first step decision that I'm powerless over alcohol, my life has become unmanageable, 
that uh, powerlessness and unmanageability, as we call it. If you're still thinking about that, I really hope and pray that that somewhere in one of these podcasts you're listening to, you make that decision and you realize that this is the better way. This is the softer, gentler way. We're always looking for the softer, gentler way. This actually is the path of least resistance. With that, uh, once again, I just want to say I do not represent AA or any other group out there. This is just my opinion of what I'm telling you. This I'm trying to share with you things that I've gleaned over the years in working with people and being around the rooms. And I hope that this helps you in some way. And I will see you next time. This is Mike Van Meter, and I am out.